<clears throat> kind of dealing with a bit of a frog in my throat, so I got my water. Uh, I got my timer. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 46, please. Psalm 46. I was thinking about the old building in Ballatin this morning during worship. There was a place where the church would meet, and then there was a fellowship hall, if I remember right, on the other side of the wall, and <clears throat> had some really good times there. Uh, Bobby Mearns here. It was January. He's a brother from Ireland. Just tough as nails, really. Um, that whole Irish craziness years ago. He was right in the middle of that, and God saved him and filled him. Anyway, yeah, good times. But we look forward. We don't look back. And uh, so I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> as Mike said, I travel. Now, I used to pastor years ago, about three different churches, I guess. But now I travel and try to hear the Lord and go from church to church. And <clears throat> I'm not sure the last time I was here, uh, I think the last time I was here, I think I shared on the day of the Lord. This is the day of the Lord, which the Lord has made. Sometimes when you travel in ministry, <clears throat> You can bring the same word that you brought in a previous time. It happened to a brother one time years ago. He was traveling, and he brought this word, and he really felt good about it. pastor came up to him uh, afterwards and said, Brother, you brought that word the last time you were here. He said, Well, obviously you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> so you got to get it one more time. Uh, but you always put your ears to the ground. You try to hear and you're always looking for confirmation. Now, I think I can hear the Lord, but you're always looking for confirmation. Because when the confirmation comes, what that does if you're traveling is it gives you a real kind of a strength inside, a confidence inside. Well, we're hearing the Lord here. Now, when something's really confirmed, there's also a responsibility to the congregation. Wow. God is saying something here. This is not just a typical Sunday service, but the Lord is speaking. Now, who picked the song list this morning? Was it Samantha? Where are you, Samantha? Is she here? Or? In the nursery already? Okay. Um, I was going to encourage her and bless her and tell her she's hearing God. She also helped me a great deal. Okay. And so, what was the first song we read? In fact, normally I never get a song list like this. I, I just happened to see it, and I saw the first song, and my heart just went into a whole other level of peace. Whoa, that's good. In the river. In the river. So, if you want to talk to, turn to Psalm 46. This is where we're going to start. We're going to talk about the river of God. We're going to talk about the importance of water in your life. Crucial. And we can also talk a bit about how thirsty are you. Really thirsty for more. Can we say, I'm thirsty for more? Lord, I need more. I don't know what's going on in my life right now, but I need more. So, in the river, then all who are thirsty was the last song we sang. There it is. So, I am totally in rest, and without trying to sound arrogant, 
I'm totally confident that this is what God is saying to you right now today at this time. Amen. And so we're going to listen up and we're going to pray now and we're going to say, Lord, I want to have an anointing come on me that Mary counseled me to have when the word of the Lord comes forth, be it done to me according to your word. Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your confirmation. Thank you for your confirmation. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for good hearts, open hearts, hearts that will respond to the word of the Lord, that there will be something that will happen that will cause people to be changed. Psalm 46, if you want to turn there in your Bibles first. Psalm 46, a very prophetic psalm is happening right now in America. Those of us who are a bit older, would you agree with me this is the craziest political year you've ever seen in your life? I mean, if you had brought the script to Hollywood, they would have thrown you out of the studio. 330 million people, your two choices are Nebuchadnezzar and Jezebel. (laughs) 330 million people, Christians struggling. How do I vote? Should I vote? Well, here's my confidence right now. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a citizen of heaven. Passing through life, we'll end up in heaven, and totally confident that the rock... My Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, ruling and reigning, and he will be on the throne, ruling and reigning November 9th. Praise God. I've never encouraged, we're not going to look to, uh, anyway, you get the point. So go to Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That word trouble there means tight places. Therefore, we will not fear. Would you agree with me right now? I'm not going to receive fear. I'm going to be a child of God who moves and lives in faith. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. David just goes into this kind of poetic extreme language. And what he's describing is circumstances that are out of control. Circumstances that are extreme. Circumstances are changing quickly. Mountains slipping into the heart. And surrounded by all this stuff. Well, here's the answer. Verse 4. There is a river. There is a river whose streams, now that's plural, whose streams make glad the city of God, the, mo- the holy dwelling places of the Most High. That's a very, very important verse right there. So let's break it down. In the midst of incredible chaos, in the midst of incredible circumstantial pressure, there is a river. Say it with me right now. There is a river. There is a river. Is a river. Now that river starts in heaven. And it's looking for hearts to flow through. There is a river whose streams make glad. Now, the key word there is glad. In other words, if the river of God is flowing in and through your life, the manifestation of that is joy. Is joy. It makes you glad. Uh, It makes you feel good. You can say it. It makes you feel good. 
There is a river whose streams... See, now, why is joy of the Lord so important? Well, the Bible says this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. strength. See, in the last days, a lot of believers are going to peel off. They're going to peel off into backsliding. They're going to peel off into compromise. But those believers who have the river... They're going to have a joy within them that will sustain them even during painful times and it will release a divine endurance. It's kind of what Jesus talks about in Matthew in the last days. Pray that you endure to the end. Well, Lord, I want to endure. I, I pray, I'm, I hope I'm looking at people right now that want to be faithful to the end. Please say yes. You want to be faithful to the end. Well, the, the thing that's going to release great endurance is the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is a result that the river of God is in your life. The water of heaven is inside of you, and it's flowing. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Now, who's the city of God? Turn to your neighbor and look to him. Either say you're a city of God, or I hope you're a city of God. <laughs> Paul says in Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. When I get saved, I become a dwelling place of God. God actually lives in my life. And that's the city in Psalm 46. There is a river whose streams make glad the city or the dwelling place of God in your life. Now we'll come back to this. Let's move on to another scripture that talks about water or a river. That would be Ezekiel 47. You don't necessarily have to turn there. I'm just going to briefly summarize it for us. But make sure you do it in your notes so you can review it later. Ezekiel had this incredible prophetic vision about the days in which we're living in. And there's this incredible temple in chapter 47. And out of this temple flows a river. Remember now, Psalm 46, you got to connect the dots here. Follow with me as we move quickly. Psalm 46 talks about a river making glad the city of God. Ezekiel 47, there's a river flowing out of the temple. Now, when Ezekiel watches this, it's really interesting. Because he walks, let's just say, a thousand steps. It says in your Bible, cubits. He goes a thousand steps, and how deep is the water? ankle deep. He goes another thousand steps, and the water is knee deep. Now, let me ask you a question, because the, the river of God is the life of God. The river of God is the eternal life of God. As I've been traveling, trying to help God's people for 40 years, and I'm speaking to my own life right now, why would a Christian want to stay in ankle deep water? I'm asking you guys a question. Help me, please, with some answers. Why would a believer... Now, they got their water of God. That's not an issue. You're going to heaven. That's not an issue. But why would you stay ankle deep? Boy, that's always the first... It's safe. We think it's safe. We think it's safe, but you're exactly right. Why else would somebody stay ankle deep? Put your thinking hats on. Help me here. You're going to add to my notes. What's that? Comfort. Easy to walk in. I didn't hear it over here. What was that? 
Okay. Lack of knowledge. Fear. Ooh. How about I'm still in charge? How about, hey, I got the water God in my life. Bless God. But I'm still doing my thing. I'm still carrying out my agenda. Is it an issue of heaven? No. Is it an issue of fulfilling the call of God in your life? Absolutely. Same with knee deep. Now, some believers dare to go a little bit deeper and they get up to their waist. That's kind of a scary place. Because once in a while a wave can come and waist-high water can almost kind of like knock, knock you off balance, right? You get your senses about you. But where does God ultimately want to end up taking you? Let's just be in agreement. Even when we say amen or oh my, that could be kind of scary. That could change my life. Absolutely. That could lead me in a whole different course of life. Well, I can give you all kind of testimony of people who came to a place where they're over their head in water and career change right in the middle of the whole thing. And all of a sudden, you're over your head. You're not in control. You can't touch the bottom. And you're, you're subject to the currents of the river. You think the currents of the river will take you to a good place? Please say yes. Safe place, safest place in heaven. Absolutely. Now, when you look at Ezekiel 40, oh, and by the way, wherever the river goes, it brings healing, life. Another thing that happens in this river is fishermen are at work. In other words, evangelism is taking place. Wherever the river goes, whatever it touches. Now, if you also read in Ezekiel 47, uh, there are swamps and there are marshes. I don't know if you have a river like this down here in this part of the... uh, But I know the Mississippi goes from Minnesota to the Gulf. And along the Mississippi, there are places where the river has peeled off. And it ends up being a swamp, ends up being a marsh. Now, is it the same water? Yes. If you're in the swamp, where are you going? Well, I'm going in circles is what I'm doing. And so here's what you don't want to be, either as an individual believer or a local church. You don't want to be a swamper. You don't want to be a marsh. And then many, many places, they get so caught up with the swamp life, then they put a fresh coat of paint on it, and, but it's still swamp life. No, no, we don't want to be in the swamp. Now, you old-timers, hang in there quickly with me. In 19, I think it was 1954, there was a movie called The African Queen. How many of you have seen that movie? Don't worry, you're not going to hell if you won't look at a movie. Please, raise your hand. All right. Who stars as the captain of the old ship, the alcoholic captain? Humphrey Bogart. Who's the spinster missionary single woman, Catherine Hepburn? What happens? The missionary house burns down. Her brother is killed. She's got to trust this crusty old captain to take her on a journey down the river. Of course, they, Hollywood, fall in love, and it's whatever. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But right towards the very end, they get bogged down. And the boat's no longer moving. 
And he gets out of the boat with a rope and he starts to pull the boat. She gets out of the boat and begins to help him pull the boat. And they just can't keep pulling it. It stops. They get back in the boat and they collapse. And they fall asleep. Then the director of the movie, who was John Huston, he did a great camera shot. It zoomed back from the bogged down ship. And so close was this incredible, beautiful lake of water. Remember? And now they can't do anything about it. They're sleeping. Sunday school class, heads up now. And what happens? It begins to rain. And rain and rain, and the boat is lifted up. This is what the water of heaven can do. It can come to your life. It can pour out a fresh outpouring on your heart, in your heart. It will begin to lift you up and dislodge you from a bogged down condition. And all of a sudden, suddenly, you're swept into the lake and the river and the fullness of the will of God and the call of God. And if I remember it right, I haven't seen the movie in years, I think they end up blowing up the German ship, which is a type, obviously, of the enemy. There is a river. Let's go to water in the New Testament. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Oh, Jesus goes and he sits by a well. Now he is, now you've got to trust me, the river of God is flowing out of the temple of Jesus. Would you agree with me? Would you also agree with me? Jesus is way over his head. That's why he says things like this. I only speak what I hear. I only do what I see. I'm totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. I'm totally dependent on my Father as he speaks as the Son of Man. Of course, he's also the Son of God. But when he speaks to the Son of Man, he uses that kind of language. And so the river is flowing out of him big time. Here she comes. A disaster of a life. Five failed marriages. Six is a live-in situation. It's a life of shame, pain, broken dreams, broken promises. Seems like every man she was related to did a number on her. Used her for sexual favor, but cursed, beat, Manipulated, and so she comes at noontime to get some water. It was water to cook with. She doesn't realize that sitting on the well, is, sitting at the at the at the well, is a fountain of life. And so, to her shock and amazement, he asks her for a drink of water. And she's startled because he's a Jew, she's Samaritan. She's a woman, he's a man. He's breaking all kinds of barriers. How can you ask me the question, can I have a drink? He says, well, if you knew the gift, if you knew what operates in my life, now he's talking about the grace of God, but he's also talking about the river of God. If you knew what operates in my life, it transcends borders. It transcends prejudice. It transcends everything that is human and in the way. Uh, she's starting to get interested in this water. She says, sir, you don't have a bucket. How can you draw up the water without a bucket. Now she's naturally thinking about natural water. 
He says, no, you're not getting it quite. He doesn't say that, but he says, no, the water that I have, if you really drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Now, we sang it this morning, and what happens is if you really drink of this water, you get a well. Really? You get your own well. Now, she doesn't understand. You mean I don't have to come here every day? She's still not quite trapped. That's all right. And so you get your own well, and what does that well do? very spontaneously and very naturally, if you get the well of salvation planted deep within your spirit, which is the river of God in the form of a well, what happens to you at that point? It springs up. Please say spring up. We sang it. Spring up. Oh, well. Why would you say spring up? Well, sometimes it seems to be springing down. Spring up, oh well. Spring up. Now, she finally comes to a point where she says, please give me a drink of that incredible water that becomes a well in me, and I will never die. That really sounds good. He said, well, go call your husband. Boy, that just opened up her life like Pandora's box. That's a can of worms opened up. Can of pain. But you see, the river of God can face your greatest failures and relieve you from them. The river of God can have you look at your greatest failures and disappointments and has an answer. Not of condemnation, but forgiveness. Not of bitterness, but joy. Not of bondage, but freedom. It's the river of God. That's what it does. And, and so she says, oh, I don't have a husband. I know, darling, you had five all right, I start getting real big. Something's going on. You must be a prophet. And he unravels. Here's her testimony later on. Come and listen to the guy who told me everything I ever did. Say, mother of all counseling sessions. <laughs> In a short period of time. Here's the thing about the grace of God. <clears throat> the grace of God is not able to face your problems. Because it has the answer for them. The religious Pharisees and the religious spirit and the religious system can't face problems. It just exposes them, but then it wants to kill you because of them. That's the only answer they have. Somebody say, bummer. (laughs) Going to church today to get stoned. Going to deal with my sin. No. The grace of God, the river of God, can totally deal with my mess and resolve me of my mess, free me from my mess, and release me into deeper and deeper and deeper waters. Are you thirsty today? I've been in this thing a long time. I understand that. Are you thirsty? Maybe you're born again for six months. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Paul says, I press on. I press on. I press on. Why, Paul? Because I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm never satisfied. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. Do you think the Ballotin, what county are we in here? Lion County? Lion or lion? Lion. All right. That's a good, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You're in the county. All right. Release the river of God. I got to drink. I'll go as long as the water lasts. How's that sound? I said that in Mexico once. They came out with six bottles. Said that in another church, they stole the bottle. (laughs) They were begging that no further word be spoken. (laughs) 
How do we know the woman's got the well? How do we know the woman has a well? Because the first thing out of her lips, she starts talking about worship. You see that? She gets totally off her problem, and she starts talking about worship. Why? Because the well of salvation, when it's planted deep in your spirit, if it's really planted, releases a desire to worship. Releases a passion for worship. So I get concerned week after week after week with John Dole, who claims he has a well, but there's no manifestation of worship. Worship is spontaneous from heaven. Worship is totally free. Worship is like an overflow. It's, it's a release of joy. It's a release. I can't take it anymore, God. i got to respond back to you. You fill me so much with the river of God, the well of salvation, so much flowing in my life. i got to give it back somehow. i got to express it. And Mike was right earlier at the beginning. Spirit, soul, and body is involved with true worship. She wants to know about worship. She wants to know about true worship. How can I worship God? Same thing in Mary, who could be the woman caught in adultery. Mary, she's always now at his feet. She's just worshiping him. She's just worshiping him. And with that worship, you get God's heart. With that worship, you get God's burden. Oh, to be a worshiping church. Instead of working a song list and going through the motions, waiting for the sermon. Let's just all call it a day. No, it's a vibrant, it's a living thing. It's a well of salvation. Is the well in you? 1969 was a bad year for Chuck Porter. We went to the moon that year, but I went to my own moon. (laughs) Manhattans will do that. For those of you that know what Manhattans are, you know what I'm talking about. We were way, way past Boone's Farm Apple Wine and cheap beer. We're into Manhattan. And how I survived that summer, I have no idea. I remember driving home one night, bouncing off a car that was parked and just kept on going. Almost fell off a 30-floor high-rise that I was working an iron construction job, hungover, not sharp, And my cousin would drag me once in a while to her Covenant Church, Emmanuel Covenant Church, you can still see it, California Avenue, Chicago, pretty close to Wrigley Field, where they need a river real bad right now, (laughs) because I'm rooting for the Cubs, but it doesn't look good right now. All right. I'd be in that church, Emmanuel Covenant Church. Alan Wickman was the pastor. I couldn't fall asleep quick enough. Most of the time I was hung over, but I couldn't fall asleep quick enough. There was nothing inside of me responding. There was nothing inside of me organically wanting to, dis- to, to touch this or to respond to I was bored to death. I was bored to death. That's why when I travel among churches that claim to be spirit-filled, and I look particularly at youth who are bored, how does that happen? Mom and dad are pressing in, worshiping God. Well, they may need a well. They may need a well. Don't assume it. Don't presume it. Why is that so important? Well, we're talking heaven or hell here. You've got to have a well. That gets you to heaven. 
No well, no heaven. Well, what happened to Chuck was, <laughs> 1969 ended, and I went into my senior year of college. I was a mess. Uh, and I first half of the spring semester, 1970, it was not good. Some class I didn't even... Anyway, to make a long story short, I came to an end of myself, an end of the road, and April 1970, I got a well. Pretty simple, really. Jesus, please come into my heart. I've messed this thing up about as much as you can mess it up. I surrender my life to you. Some of that was stirred by a book, Taste of New Wine, by Keith Miller. Realizing even growing up in a denominational church, Wow, I was president of the Luther League. <laughs> Pastor goes out of town, they would have Chuck put on the gown, do the liturgy, preach the sermon. See, intuitively, they sensed the call of God. I was still a mess. Wasn't really born again. And then April 1970, I got a well. Wow, the same church, same pastor, same Bible, same people. The average age of the congregation was about 65. I was the youth group. <laughs> I was 22 years old. I was the youth group. You could, Sunday morning, there. Sunday night, there. Wednesday night, there. Bombarding the pastor almost daily with phone calls, wanting to know more. Can we get together? Can we study the word? In other words, the well is there. And songs that put you to sleep last summer bring tears to your eyes this summer. How does that work? Well, you got a well. Do you have a well? Do you have a well? It's organic. You can't fake it. It's either there or it's not. But if it's really there, it springs up. That's just what it does. Sister, you're, you have a well. Come on, you got a well. It's good. It's good. All that stuff's washed away. All the junk is washed away. You are a new creation in Christ. You've passed over to the other side from darkness to light. And you know what's really cool? You were picked while you were even in your mother's womb. You were chosen. Hey, let me take you back further. You were adopted by God the Father before the world was even created. Somebody say, that goes back a ways. <laughs> In other words, it had nothing to do with you. It's all about him. And he just said, it's time. Your time has come. The well is there. Springs up. But Jesus, that, now that's vertical. So you've got two great relationships with God. You've got one vertical, you've got one horizontal. So that's vertical. That connects me to heaven. That connects me to the throne room where the river actually starts. If you go to Revelation 22, you'll see the river there. Now Jesus goes to John chapter 7. Now this is really important. So if you have your Bibles, turn there, John chapter 7, because some of you need to experience this. John chapter 7. This was on the day of... Uh, the last day of the tabernacle, Feast of Tabernacle, uh, they would have every year. Now, we sang this in the, last, in the last song today, verse 37. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, there it is, 
Let him come to me and drink. Wow, now that's really complicated. What, what do you think, Chuck, it means in the Greek, let, let him come? What does come mean, Chuck? It means come <laughs> to me. Who, who's me? Well, that would be Jesus Christ. If you're thirsty, you can come and drink. Will he say no? No, he's invited you to come. Why would he say no? He's invited you to come, drink. Now, does he, uh-oh, if I'm last in the line, will he run out of water before? That's the whole deal about feeding 5,000 always left over, and that's why the best wines after the first has been given. I mean, there's always in God an abundance. He will never run dry. Come to me if you're thirsty. He who believes in me, now we gotta now we gotta apply the verse to your life. How many would say I believe in Christ? Amen. All right. I believe in Jesus Christ. All right, we're gonna we're gonna nail that down. Good. Now I'm not messing with you, but I'm messing with you. I'm setting you up. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being. Now, that would be the city of God, innermost city part, Psalm 46. That would be the innermost temple part, Ezekiel 47. From his innermost being, that would be your spirit. See, what happens is when you get born again, your spirit, which was dead, is now made alive, and you get a well. It's planted deep within your spirit. That's why true worship, Jesus told the woman at the well, has to be in truth and Spirit. He's not interested in your soul. He's certainly not interested in carnality. From your innermost spirit, from your innermost being, now here it is, shall flow rivers, notice plural, of living water. Whoa. Something's flowing. From my innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That's going out. The well goes up. The river goes out. That's why the woman had both. So she starts talking about worship, number one, and then the second thing she did, she went out and evangelized where she lived. And she told everybody about Christ you got to come listen to this guy. She broke through all her fears. She broke through all her embarrassment. She broke through all her shame because greater was the river in her than whatever reputation she had out there. She broke through it all. But that's a challenge for somebody like Chuck Porta, who was a bit of a rascal. My brother was worse. <clears throat> There's people in our mom, Michigan, who still don't believe I'm saved. Can't be true. He'll give up eventually. That's what my relatives told me six months into it. That's just a fad, Chuck. See, if you get a well, it's no fad. It's real. It's too real. It's too real. But out of your being shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? But it's not yet. It'll come later. By this he spoke... 
of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. So, come on, you guys who know your Bible, men, women, I don't care who, what's he talking about? What's he pointing to? Holy Spirit was given when? Pentecost. Pentecost. See, Pentecost, outpouring of the rivers of heaven, outpouring of the fire of heaven, Pentecost is a gift from the Father to the Son to go win him a bride. Jesus said, this is why I came. I came in order to cast fire upon the earth. And oh, how I wish I could cast it, but I can't. Why, Lord? Because Calvary precedes Pentecost. Calvary precedes Pentecost. But if you experience Calvary, which is what happens when you get a well, you can also experience Pentecost. Now here's the great question for 2,000 years. Why would I enjoy the benefits of Calvary? How many say they're pretty significant? Forgiveness, eternal life, well of salvation, stamped, sealed, by the blood, done deal. Why would I say no to Pentecost? Why would I say no to the life and moving of the Holy Spirit in my life? It's why he came. See, this is where many, many churches, even denominations, are going to have a serious issue someday with God. Because you kept people from experiencing Pentecost in all of its fullness. When I was exposed to Pentecost for the first time, I had to admit I'd never heard it before. It sounded strange. But out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now that's all well and good, Chuck. What in the world does that look like? Revelation 1 verse 15 basically says this. And I heard what sounded like many waters. If you go to Revelation 1 15, it says the voice of God or the word of God is as the sound of many waters waters. You understand, if the river of God is in my life, if the river of God is flowing out of my life, it comes out in the manifestation of words. That's why out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So wherever Jesus went, his heart was full. His heart was full. And so what came out of his life was life. What came out of his heart, he was always speaking for heaven. But we got a problem. Now you go back to your swamps. The Mississippi has two great streams coming in. Let's just for... uh, Speculation is not a good word, Mike. I don't know what I'm going to call this. uh, A little adventure into theological implications. (laughs) Or speculation. Or speculation. The river from the west that feeds the Mississippi is what? The Missouri. The Missouri starts up in the mountains, basically. Pure water. Wow. Pure as pure can be. You can drink it. You can drink it. The great river from the east that feeds the Mississippi is what? The Ohio. The Ohio River. And along the Ohio River, if you go back now, the last 150 years were incredible factories, wastewater treatment plants, unbelievable stuff before they had any sense of what their 
pouring into the Mississippi River. So what you got going here is a real issue. You got some really pure water coming in and getting all messed up with some really polluted water. And so that's Chuck Porter's life. In my heart, I got a well of salvation, but I still got some of the stuff that's really Chuck. I still got some of the old stuff that still keeps coming in. So I speak for God one day and like Peter, I'm deceived in an hour. Now I'm speaking for hell. Don't you hate that? See, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of water. It means you're speaking for God. You're speaking for heaven. The word of the Lord is flowing through you. And it starts with speaking in tongues. Very, very important. Throughout, Jesus, in fact, says in Mark 16, 17, if you believe in me, you will speak in tongues. So that settles it for me. I never start with Acts when I teach on the baptism of the Spirit with the manifestation of the gift of tongues. It's too important. Now, why is tongues so important? Well, you want to speak for heaven. You want to speak for heaven. Now, here, Brother James, Pastor James, helps us because in James chapter 3, James gets after our tongue, and he's not happy with it. What does he call it? And how much... Fire from hell is set on fire by that tongue. Right? How many of you have been in churches where people have been speaking for the devil instead of God? Speaking for whatever. So James, basically what you have in Acts 2, when they got filled with the Spirit of God and they began to speak in tongues, what was above their heads? Tongues of fire. That's the fire you want. I'm going to blow out the fires of hell and I want to release more the fires of heaven. It starts with tongues, but it goes into edification, goes into prophesying, goes into praying over people, goes into words of knowledge, goes into words of wisdom. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers, rivers of living water. You have to ask yourself, have you experienced your own personal Pentecost? Don't let anybody peel you off. Don't let anybody take you into a different path. It's for you. It's why he died. I came to cast fire on the earth. I came to release fully the river of heaven. And I'll close with this. Now, Samantha is in the, is in the deal. Um, Sam, are you here? Okay, worship team... I'm going to turn it over to Mike, but worship team, we, you might want to come forward because that, that we're going to come because I'm thirsty and I need to come. I'm thirsty and I need to come. Look at there. I gave myself 40 minutes. What does that say? One minute? 37. <laughs> I'll let Pastor Mike talk about the three streams it was what our summit was all about but i need to drink of those i'll just tell you what the three streams are there's the stream of jesus christ and him crucified drink deep of that stream there's the stream of the father the father in heaven made calvary possible and then you drink deep of the stream of the spirit so are we thirsty today let's stand to our feet and let's just Open up our hearts. Open up our hearts. And now maybe there's someone here. Man, I'm not sure about that well thing. Uh, where's the, you got to, 
just play something quiet for a minute. You can play this song, but just kind of quiet. We're not going to sing it yet. All are thirsty. But maybe you're not sure you have a well. That's okay. You're here today. You're here today. The rest of us, let's just join in good kind of, kind of, thank you, Lord. It's all about the Holy Spirit. If you're not sure you have a well, you can just pray something like this. It's not the words. It's what's in your heart. Lord, I come to you today, and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I want to be born again. I need and want my own well of salvation. Father, right now, if there's anyone like that, just go ahead. We're not going to embarrass anybody. You don't have to raise your hand. That's between you and God. Make sure you have a well before you leave the building. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I need personal Pentecost. Lord, I want the rivers the stream of the Father, the stream of the Spirit, the stream of the Son. Lord, I want the river of God flowing through my life. God wants you all to prophesy. Corinthians 14, may all prophesy. That's the river coming out. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I confess all my sins. This is basically what I do whenever I I lead somebody into a baptism of the Spirit. Real simple. And by the way, you maybe have had an experience, but I need to be fresh, filled with the Spirit every day. Lord Jesus, cleanse me of all sin by your precious blood. Once again, I surrender my life to you. Fill me right now, Lord Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and ask for it. It's His desire to give you the Spirit. It's why He came. Thank you, Lord. Don't worry about what you're feeling. Thank you, Lord. Fill them right now, Lord, I pray, with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rivers of the Holy Spirit, Calvary, Father's love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and lead us into that. See, what this song is, it's prophetic. It's an invitation from heaven itself. It's an invitation from heaven itself. Go ahead, Samantha. Thank you. 